0: 71 FM Talk on Demand Audio. We got
1: Phil Holloway on the line with us, Fox News analyst. Of course, he has been with us for many, many years, talking about some of the craziness across the country. Phil, good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing great. Hope everyone's all well in St. Louis. We are well here in St. Louis. In fact, we have a beautiful, beautiful. I guess it's still fall, right? It's not officially winter. It feels like winter sometimes. You get warmer temps down where you are. It's been a little chilly here lately.
2: Yeah, this is the time of year where everybody, you know, you, you get, you get colds and flu just because the weather changes, uh, you know, uh, every 10 minutes, I think. It's either cold or warm or really windy or something.
1: Well, on that front, let's start a little bit here with COVID because you and I over the years have spent a lot of time talking about the COVID mandates and all that nonsense. I know you tweeted and I think I retweeted the other day about this. The, there's another mass study that shows how right some of us were. Right, Phil? Well, it's, you know, and, and the thing about this one is, it's, it's peer reviewed. All the
2: big hoopla. Everybody says, "Oh, well, that's not peer reviewed." And you know, you got to wear a mask and all this stuff. But those of us who knew from the very beginning that uh, this was all junk science, uh, you know, we of course feel vindicated. But of course, you're never going to hear the end of it. Just today, I think the CDC director Cohen was was out there saying because it's cold and flu season. Uh, You know, everybody is recommended to wear masks. Well, look, for the entire uh, lifespan of the United States and as long as we've had a CDC, this was never, ever uh, even a thought about to to be mass recommended like this by the CDC until 2020, when it became politically correct to do so. And so now, unfortunately, I think this message uh, is something that the CDC is just going to have to run with, or is going to run with, until there's a, a top-to-bottom overhaul of that that agency.
1: You know, I, I think it was yesterday, and I can't guarantee you that it was in the New York Times, the, the New York Times, the Washington Post, or the LA Times. One of those, and it was, you know about how COVID is rearing its ugly head. And they had all these lists in there of things you should do. And I thought it was funny because they were preaching about masks, but then there was this little note in there that said, well, you know, if you're at the airport and uh, you do this, and then they talked about the airplanes themselves and they admitted that, you know, the airplane ventilation is pretty good. I mean, the way I interpreted the line was, yeah, we were pretty dumb to require even, you know, kids as young as four and five, like my daughter at the time to ride on airplanes with masks. You know, I agree. And look, here's the
2: thing. I always say that if you're going to to make a scientific recommendation, or let alone that you'll know, a mandate, right? I think that the burden of proof has to be on the proponent of the intervention to prove that it's going to work and that it's it's going to be more beneficial than it is harmful. And we could spend an entire uh, show you and I, I, think, talking about, I think, you know, the harms of masks. It's not a harmless intervention, but if you're going to to say that we, we're going to have to mandate these things, you've got to be able to put your money where your mouth is and prove that there's going to be some benefit uh, in return. Otherwise, it's just a mandate for the sake of mandating. And I think in the very beginning of COVID, uh, there was a lot of this idea that we have to do something just to do something, yes. because otherwise we look we look feckless.
1: Yeah. And in fairness, look, I I always allow for a little wiggle room there. Right. Um, But, but after about, a month, certainly after two months, it became very clear some of the things that were going. One of my favorite moments is still, and, you know, in that piece that I just referenced, they were talking about hand washing. Now, Phil, I recommend that people wash their hands. I wash my hands, right? But it's not going to do you a bit of good with the coronavirus. And, you know, people still do all the same things that they were told. And you had this story about the New York subway and how the virus was found. It lived for three days and all this. No one ever got it from surfaces. We were wasting our time with that. But, again, they, st- they still like to talk about that, I think, as well.
2: Well, you know, that was one of the things that early on we we learned that uh that that you're not going to get this from from surfaces. It it's something more than that. And here's the thing. Look, it this, this is just common sense. It goes back to basically every germ that spread uh you know, in the air from from time it, it going back to the beginning of time. It things linger in the air. They just do And if you exist in society, you're going to interact with the things that are floating around in the air, and they're germs, and people are going to get sick. And we just have to learn to live with it and stop panicking. That was the thing that we did with COVID. It was a panic move, and God forbid we ever have to repeat any of that stuff.
1: Phil Holloway back with us this afternoon. As I started the show yesterday, and it's interesting, the the news cycle is fascinating. There's big stories, and then when we find out a little bit more, they kind of go away. There's a couple of examples of that, including the Arlington explosion. I'll get back to that in a second. But yesterday, there was confusion on the campus of UNLV. There was a shooter. And, you know, I covered that at the beginning of the show, Phil, didn't really hear much about it. I woke up this morning, I'm tooling around, and then I find out, I see this reference that the guy who was the shooter is 67 years old. That doesn't really fit the profile of some of these shootings. So what do we know about this? Yeah, he apparently has taught, uh, I think studied at the University of
2: Georgia here close to where we are, and I think maybe taught there at some point in time. And you know the thing that i I noticed immediately as you pointed out is it doesn't fit what we generally would expect uh in these type of things, but it, in a way it kind of does on the ten thousand foot level i mean it may not be the same age group and everything like that, but mental illness uh is is not discriminated doesn't discriminate it 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 affects all sorts of people, all genders all races all ages and 67 year old professors are uh, unfortunately uh, prone to mental health issues just like everyone else in America and in the world. And so if you look at it through that lens, the common denominator in all of these seems to be mental health and mental illness. And until we uh, as a society figure out what the what the answer is to that, um you know, we we can expect other people to continue to uh, act out in ways that are uh, you know, not what we wanted to do, and perhaps even violent. But but mental illness, I think, is the common denominator. And you know, as as people age, it's it's a known fact that depression sets in and anxiety. People have depression over getting older. It could be a combination of any of those things.
1: Well, look, I and I'm someone who's been very public in the past couple of years. About eight years ago, I think might be almost close to nine now. I I suffered. I had anxiety my entire you know, adult life that I'd struggled with. But then it really kind of whacked me mixed with depression. And luckily, I was very fortunate. I got help. I still see my shrink. I'm, you know, I'm not going to ever say that I'm completely (laughs) cured of these things because I think they always linger. But I know how devastating it can be and how dark of a hole People can get into, and the one thing that I've realized, Phil, over the years is that you know I, I and I'll be honest with you, when this happened to me, I called in some favors because I was having an issue. You know, you try to call and make an appointment. Okay, we can give you an appointment in three months or in four months or in five. You know, yeah. that's not going to work for a lot of people. So one of the things that we have to do is prioritize this, and I don't see any real effort to do that in this country.
2: No, and and we don't, and that's that's what is is so sad. In my line of work, I deal with people who suffer from. Uh, all manners of, of diagnosable DSM-5 type disorders, whether it be substance abuse disorder or uh, depression, generalized anxiety disorder, or a mixture. There's usually lots of comorbidities with these things, and they are they're all kind of blend together. And over the last, let's face it, the last several years um, with COVID and, and the societal unrest that we see, it is a challenge. I was in an elevator today in a courthouse with a court reporter who I've known for years, and, and once a couple of people cleared out, and it was just she and I alone in that uh, elevator. Um, you know, she made some comments to me that basically signaled to me that you know she is she's struggling right now, um, and maybe not in an extremely serious way. I certainly hope not, but just the, the comments that that you can tell that people. Uh, oftentimes you never know what's going on with them. Their outward appearance can be deceptive. Oh, I agree with uh, deceptive. that. They're yep. very, very deceptive. You just don't know what kind of deep, dark hole they're going into.
1: Phil, nobody knew when, when I was going through this, and, and I am I would go, I'd pull into the parking lot every day. I would get up in the morning. I'd be in the shower. I'm like, I don't think I can get through the day. I don't think I can do my radio show. I'd get here. I was on the X side at the time. I'd be in my car. I'd sit there for a while. and be sweating, thinking, I can't do this. I'd come in, and somehow, somehow I would, you know, start the show, and then once the show started and I was a little calmer, I got through it. But people really didn't know I hit it I think I hit it pretty well, but it's, I think what you said there is absolutely right. We don't know. You, know, you see people all the time, even, even close friends and family members. So be on the lookout for these things. One more topic, Phil Holloway, because this is another one that disappeared. I guess they're still looking at this home explosion in Arlington from Monday night. That was a big, big boom, and then that story kind of went away. But the guy that lived in the house, some somewhat questionable, James U. He's 56, not a young guy either, and he had some erratic postings and things like that. Do you know anything else at this point?
2: You know, I've been. I agree. I've been monitoring it, and it's it, it, the the silence on it is is now deafening. I saw that explosion. I'm not an ex, an expert in, in um, you know explosive materials, but but look that that doesn't seem like something that can be caused by a, a math lab. Maybe it can. It didn't seem like something that could even be caused by. You know, they, they were saying, well, you're firing a flare gun. Well, maybe, but you're going to have to have the entire house basically filled with some kind of explosive or, or natural gas. Maybe that was it. But that took out the entire duplex. I mean, it was it was amazing. It's like some of the... Some of the explosions that you see on the news coming out of gaza yeah. in the middle east right now it was really really a giant explosion and it's not the kind of thing that you normally see with with a gas line but hey i'm not the expert i do want to hear what's uh what's what the investigation reveals hopefully it was nothing sinister but of course in the day and age that we live in you just never know yeah, and that's the thing that's on everyone's mind
1: hey did you uh, check out the debate last night
2: you know, the debate last night was was really something else, and I think that if we can just get into politics real quick. I think that the Republican Party needs to go ahead and consolidate, uh, you know, some of the, the candidates that aren't getting any traction.
0: Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app, the biggest sports radio stations in the country, providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives. Streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Um,
2: Chris Christie, for example, maybe needs to go ahead and and hang it up because if anybody is going to uh, you know, get out and, and be competitive with the front runner, Donald Trump, they're going to need to, to defragment, so to speak, the Republican candidates. Um, and so we have too many of them. I think the ones that are not going to be viable in the long haul need to go ahead and do the right thing and bow out so that um, some of the ones that do have a, a chance at maybe pulling ahead or being competitive so that we can, we can see uh, exactly which way this primary is going to go. But I think for now, um, one or two, at least, probably need to go ahead and um, suspend their campaigns.
1: I don't want to name any names, <clears throat> Vivek and Chris Christie, but yes, I would agree with you, Phil Holloway. You have a great week and an awesome weekend, and we will talk soon, Mr. Holloway. You got it. Take care, buddy.
0: Get more at 971talk.com.